close to dead Do not turn and run away, no Hey everybody, this is Rick Lee James And this is a special edition of the Voices in My Head podcast Actually, this episode and the next episode were both recorded live on location at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. And because it was, I thought, hey, I'm going to do a little bit different kind of an intro this week. I'm going to do it live with just an acoustic guitar in my hands. Had a great time, uh, led some worship there with some great worship leaders from uh, nearby me. Had a great time, and then I did a couple of workshops. One was a worship band workshop. So today's episode, if you are someone who leads music at your church, or even just plays in a band. Uh, this is actually for people who are a part of a band. This episode is for you. It's a workshop on how to play together better, uh, how to improve your skills. And even if it's not a worship band or even a Christian band, uh, things that I discuss in this episode I think will help anybody who's trying to play in a band. And uh, our next episode next week, uh, which is also uh, recorded live in Lima, Ohio at the Empower the Church conference where I was speaking, is going to be on spirituality and the praise team and uh, spirituality in our practice of worship. And by practice, I mean in our practice times together, whenever we get together to prepare, to rehearse, and how we can make those times um, not just practices, but actually times of worship in themselves, and times when we can grow and prepare for the services that are ahead. So two great episodes coming your way, and I hope you're going to enjoy them. I'm sorry it's been some time uh, since the last podcast. So much has gone on. Uh, last episode was a great interview with Walter Brueggemann, and I'm getting some really great feedback on that even still today. I hope you enjoyed it, but it's been very busy. Uh, great news. Uh, this week, maybe even before the end of the day, um, the album that I have been telling you about for so long is actually being mixed. Um, I should have copies um, for, for my ears to hear, hopefully in the next couple of days. Um, and then from then we go into the mastering process and then actually getting the project out. Uh, so I'm in uh, talks with some different people about publicity for the album right now and when we're going to release it. Um, but if you are a donor at GoFundMe.com slash hymns, H-Y-M-N-S, if you give some money there, um, I think it's $10 or beyond, you can actually get the album uh, probably months in advance before anybody else in the rest of the world gets it. So uh, it's not too late to donate. We still need some money there to help get the project out. So if you want to uh, help us out, that'd be great. Uh, that's enough for now. Go to rickleyjames.com for more information or follow me on Twitter at rickleyjames or you can go to my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames. And now I bring to you the first of two live recordings that were done at the Empower the Church conference uh, in Lima, Ohio this past weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head. God bless. All right, well, welcome to the work worship band workshop. I can't get the word out, but welcome to the worship band workshop. Uh, I am Rick Lee James, and I'm very glad to be here with you today. All of you, whether you know it or not, are on a podcast now, Voices in My Head podcast. And there's Ben. Hey, how you doing, man? You may be up here with me in a second if I call on you. So uh, we're, we're interviewing Ben's session last year that he did. He did a great one on Planning Center, and he led music last year. He just did an awesome job. So we've got so many great resources on this district here in northwestern Ohio. What I want to talk about will hopefully be helpful to you, um, and maybe some of this is information that you already know, and if it's something that's not helpful to you, say, hey, just move on from that. I can, I can do that. 
But I want to start out with various different things. I'm going to try to cover all these things in a short time. Mapping out a song, improving your timing, thinking like an arranger, band dynamics and tempo, guitar versus piano-driven songs, uh, creating an atmosphere of worship, and if there's times, maybe deal with styles and different ways of playing. I know that sounds ambitious to get all that in here at one time, but we're going to do our best, okay, with all that we can do. I want to start right out with mapping a song. If you don't know what mapping a song is, and I'm going to try to show you here, um, I put a chart just a few minutes ago because I thought, no, they need to have this as a resource. Um, Paul Balash has become a friend and mentor to me over the years, and probably to many people know not only that he's just an incredible songwriter, I mean, if you've heard Open the Eyes of My Heart, you've heard Paul Balash, and that's a song that worldwide has become huge, but he's just been such a, a faithful servant. As a songwriter, he's been just such a faithful servant with his tools. And on his website, which is leadworship.com, and if you want to ever check that out, I would highly recommend it. He has a chart. I'm going to turn my iPad around. I don't expect you to be able to see it. But I just put this chart on my website if you go to rickleejames.com. And if you just look up, like, listen and learn chart, there's a little search bar on my website. You can either write, either type in mapping a song, or you can type in, like, listen and learn. Or you can type in Paul Balash. that's B-A-L-O-C-H-E, if you don't know how to spell it. Uh, he did this wonderful service for praise bands everywhere in that he provides a song chart, something similar to what he uses. And if you've never used a song chart before, the reason this is important is church bands especially. Now, this, this applies to all bands. It doesn't have to just be a church praise band. But church bands, notoriously, like every band when they're starting out, they have a tendency to sound a little like a garage band. <laughs> what I mean by that is everybody's playing everything they know how to play in every song, and they're playing as loud as they can, and they're not listening to each other, and they're stepping over each other, and who cares what the vocalist is singing because I know how to do a guitar solo through this entire verse, or I can play the piano really, you know, really loud, and I'm going to play exactly what's on the page even though everybody else isn't playing what's exactly on the page. Or I need to play what's on the page even though everybody else feels like it's time to just be freestyle. <laughs> so one thing that I have found very helpful that Paul Balash has provided through some of his workshops, and I just pass this out to my praise team. Um, I used to do it weekly until hopefully, I think they're doing it on their own now, is I take a list of songs that I have that are coming up for the coming week. However many you have, three to six songs probably in most churches. And you tell them what songs you have, provide the song for them, find a video, something that, that links the song where they can listen to the arrangement that you're wanting to use, how you want the song to sound like. And if you, I know it's, it's hard to see from where you're sitting. I should have forwarded it for the charts, but again, you can find it on my website at rickleyjames.com. He has the sections of a song listed out here. Most songs are gonna have like an intro, they'll have an A section, um, a B section, A2, B2, by, uh, you know, the intro by A section will mean a verse, B section, chorus, then you'll go back to A2, verse 2, B2 is the chorus, and then you'll have this bridge or a solo section, sometimes an instrumental, and then you'll end B3, which is like the third chorus coming back in, and then there's an ending to the song. Every song doesn't follow that, but that's sort of the kind of the modern ear. That's kind of what we hear in that level. What he's done is he's written, going down the chart, down this way, he has different instruments, piano, acoustic guitar, drums, bass, keys, electric guitar, percussion, vocals, things like that. 
And what you can encourage people on your team to do, and I encourage worship leaders to do this with songs, especially until you get comfortable and just kind of start doing it automatically. Start listening through the songs that you're going to play that week and just write out like in these little boxes what that instrument's doing. Like make a little note to yourself. If you're the piano player, you're going to best be able to make that note for yourself if you have your chart. You're going to understand your notes like somebody else won't. So say to your piano player, say, listen to what uh, the piano on this song is doing. Notice how the song's playing on the intro, and, the, and, and on this one, it's, it's real light. Nobody else is playing. It's just you with this part coming in. But then as the song progresses, the song gets a little bigger, and you're only hearing, like, the right hand and what the right hand is doing. And there's parts that the piano's not playing, and there's parts that it gets really loud. And do the same with, like, acoustic guitar. Okay, this song, the acoustic doesn't come in until midway through the chorus or something. So you, you write down, okay, if I'm playing acoustic that day, this is where I come in, on this part of the song or right here. Um, and it works that way all the way through. What's the bass player doing? Is the bass player playing eighth notes? Is the bass player doing whole notes? Is the bass player even playing until you get to this part of the song? If you can sit and have your band members do that, just first of all, very basic in that way, Already, they're starting to understand the structure of the song just a little bit better and that they don't have to be playing all the time. One thing that would be really helpful for all of our church music ministries to understand is that the more instrumentalists you have, the more vocalists you have, the less you have to play or sing. Uh, it it kind of works out nicely that way. The, if, if you only have a three-piece band, if there's a piano and a drummer and a bass player, you're going to be playing a lot more like on the piano than you would if you had like another acoustic guitar and then an electric guitar and then a string player just because with all those instruments you don't need to do as much anymore. Um, one problem that we are, are facing in a lot of our churches, we have, you know, in the Nazarene church, let's just face it, we have more small churches than we do big churches. And we've been set up for some time with sound systems, not like the ones in this beautiful huge room, but we have sound systems that have been able to accommodate uh, a room that was going to have a piano on one side and an organ on the other, and maybe three or four vocal mics tops. Suddenly, we come in and we've got drums, and we've got bass, and we've got guitars, and we still have the same sound systems that we're trying to drive all these instruments through, <laughs> and everybody... The piano player is still playing the same way that they play, and the organist is still trying to, to fit in the same way. And you're, you're playing a song like we did this morning, like Majestic or something, and, and they're trying to figure out how to do it, and it's just not working right. Well, this is a, a great way to just say, look, you get to take a little bit of a break, and you're playing. You don't have to play so much. You can, you can actually just map out, see what your instrument's doing, and try to figure out that way. So anyway, uh, the song chart is a good way to start that conversation. So... Uh, is it okay if we move on from that to the next category? You guys got it? Okay, good. Uh, improving your timing. Um, drummers. This is a, a huge thing for everybody, but especially drummers. I encourage all drummers to always use a metronome when you're playing a song. I say to my drummers every week, I'll tell them what the tempo of the song is because we want it to be on a certain tempo. It's nice if the entire band, if you're using in-ear monitors, it's nice if the entire band can have that click in their ears, but not every church is set up to have in-ear monitors and stuff like that. The beautiful thing is, if they have a smartphone, which a lot of people do anymore, you can download free metronomes. Some of them will even vibrate 
to your, like, make your phone go broom, 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 like, with the beat that you're supposed to be at. And you can have it in your pocket or whatever. They can feel the beat. Or you can just put your earbuds, you know, up in your ear and you can hear the click yourself. So encourage your drummers. I know it might be mechanical, but a lot of our drummers have never used a metronome before. And because of that, the tempos are all over the place, up and down. And it, it, sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower, and there's just no consistency. Even though we use a metronome, honestly, the band at my church, sometimes we're still off. But at least we're closer than, <laughs> than we would be. Sometimes we'll finish a song, and our drummer will go, this is where we started, this is where we ended. And we're, we're, we're getting better all the time, but each time the, the, the drummer will actually stick to it and use that, it helps. If you don't have a drummer, if, if you still can figure out in your practice times to use a metronome, if you can figure out somehow to use that in a service, it will help you tremendously. It really will. It's, it, it seems like probably a very basic thing, but they're so accessible now, you don't even have to spend a lot of money to buy a metronome anymore. Like I said, you can just fit them into your pocket for the most part and have something that will help. So that's just the best way I can think of to improve your timing. Um, also, get a pair of earbuds and play along with the recording. That's another great way to, to improve your timing. Uh, and then I want to talk about thinking like an arranger. As a worship leader, a uh, music leader in a church, you really do have to kind of think about where the song is going. It's, it's not enough necessarily to just lay the song out and just let's start and wherever we land, we're done. I mean, you can do that. A lot of churches do that, but you're not going to get the desired effect. You want to be thinking in terms of what instrumentation your church has. Um, I, I just know a lot of our churches don't have the same setup that we had this morning. We don't have an extra you know, guitarist, so we can't have an acoustic and an electric on the same day. And we can't have, you know, it's a luxury for some churches to have, you know, these pads going behind with the piano. Some churches don't have a drummer. Some churches have a drummer and a percussion section, uh, you know, aside from that. So depending on where you are, um, if you are in line with community, chances are you can probably get a pretty close sound to the album you're listening to. Because you've got some of the same resources, some of the same tools. You've got people that understand programs like Ableton, like we used this morning, and, and Ben was kind of running that back there, running some different um, you know, technological mysteries in the background that were going on, giving us some of those techno-y effects on a couple songs. Um, but not every church has that. So start thinking like an arranger. Take the song, what part of the, the thing, and, and I know this, I, I'm a songwriter, and something that makes a song powerful, something I always teach my students. I do some classes at some different universities in the area. Um, and I tell my students, you know, if a song is a really good song, then it should be able to transcend style. It should be able to be done in a lot of different ways. You'll probably be able to do it with just an acoustic guitar, just as well as you could do it with a huge band. Or you might be able to just grab a piano and just do it. But you want to start thinking like an arranger in how do I want this song to go. Just because Lincoln Brewster did it this way, well, how many guitarists in your church can play like Lincoln Brewster, right? I mean, did anybody else tour with Journey? I doubt it. Um, so if you don't have a guitarist that is Lincoln Brewster, maybe don't plan on Lincoln Brewster's guitar solo right in the middle of the song that day. Maybe you're blessed with someone like that in your church. That's a good resource to use. But if you don't, just start thinking like an arranger in the sense of 
how do we want this song to begin? And, and tell your team, you know, don't, you don't have to be like an ogre when you're instructing or anything, but just say, I know the recording sounds this way and you mapped it out, but I would like to try it this way. Let's start with just this instrument coming in first. And then as we move on, maybe we'll do a key change in the midst. And you have to start thinking in those terms as, as an arranger, like how do I want this to go? You can go to websites like noteflight.com. I don't know if you've ever used Noteflight, but I use noteflight.com almost every week to write lead sheets uh, for my players. Um, some of you may be using the Nashville number system, which is a wonderful tool, uh, but not everybody understands how to do the number system. I'm working with my team to help them understand that more and more because that's kind of my background working with the number system, but most churches aren't set up for that. But if you go to a website like noteflight.com, um, in this digital age that we're in, you can actually write the notes out to the song using your mouse, click on it. You can actually put demonstration videos into noteflight.com for a very minimal fee. There's actually a free subscription, and then like when you get up to 10 songs or something or more, it's like, I think it's like $15 a year or something, just real small. But you can start making your own charts and your own arrangements from things. Even if you're like me, I don't even read music very well. But for me, it's been extremely helpful to look at someone else's chart, like get it off of CCLI or something, and then kind of make my own arrangement. Just plug in the notes on the page and then figure out what I want, what I don't want. Maybe I can cut out a couple measures. And automatically, you know, suddenly I'm an arranger, you know. <laughs> I've started arranging the song a little differently. Um, is it okay if I move on from that? Any questions about that before we keep going? I, I just want to make sure we're done before lunch. So, again, tell me to, to move on or shut up or whatever. I'm fine with that. Uh, band dynamics and tempo. This is one that is uh, extremely important. Did any of you see that video that's online of the song Oceans um, where the drummer... Yeah, the drummer, do, and, and to be fair, the drummer is playing an electric set and electronic drum kits. There's only so much control you have over there, so some of that is the house mix. Oceans does have some, some complicated like work on the drums in the midst of the song, but if you haven't seen it, just look it up sometime. If you look up Oceans, like just put in Oceans Bad Drummer or something like that, and there is this crazy uh, guitar, or not guitar, drum solo almost it seems like in the middle of this very subdued song you know and she's uh jesus take me where my you know and just and it's you guys probably know that song pretty well and this guy is just going nuts on the drum you know like just going all around through the middle of his service and, and now it's probably got millions of views on uh, on youtube because of it so just beware, if you don't get dynamics right, you may end up on YouTube as a celebrity and for all the wrong reasons because everybody has their devices. But if this is something we could get um, our band members to understand, the only way to get the proper dynamics, which, and what I mean by that is you know, how loud, how soft an instrument is, is we really have to start listening to each other. So getting the dynamics of the song in line with the tempo, which we've already talked about, is very important. Some of this depends on um, the sound people. Uh, they, they are your biggest help or your biggest hindrance sometimes. Uh, the, the, the joke is that you know, um, the, the church music pastor would like to give the sound man a little feedback of his own you know, at, at times, but it works the other way too, honestly. 
sometimes we're too loud and sometimes they can't get the right mix because we're playing in all the wrong ways. If you can encourage your, like your drummer, a perfect example is drummers. A lot of drummers don't realize, and you can probably attest to this, a lot of drummers don't realize that you can play drums softly or loudly. Most of them only know, you know, like when they're, when they're first starting, it's like as loud as I can get. We have this kid in our church right now that is learning drums, and he's actually pretty good, but his favorite band is ACDC. So every song to him that he wants to play is, you know, and it's just as loud. I'm afraid he's going to put a hole in the, in the snare because he's hitting it so hard every time. And I talked with him and his parents after. I said, hey, you know, if you ever want to play with us, you got to learn to play softer. you got to learn to play lighter because it's not all about how loud you can play. You need to be able to listen to other people. Um, Brandon Sipes, uh, he's the, the husband of Missy, Missy Sipes. Missy helped put this event on today. Probably many of you know her. He is one of the drummers at our church. And honestly, I've, I've played studios with some of the best artists in the world that are drummers. And he is still probably my favorite drummer to play with because he listens. And he is very tasteful in what he plays. And he realizes he doesn't have to play everything he knows in every song. So... It's the same way with guitarists. Guilty is charged. You know, whenever I'm learning how to play guitar and I'm learning all these great solos and stuff, I want to do it in every song. But guess what? Most songs don't need it. So you got to figure out what the song needs and, and which dynamics to build in. The best way to just kind of build dynamics is if we can just instill in our players just to listen to each other. In the same way that we, it's the same way with vocalists too. We have to have vocalists listen to each other in the midst of what we're doing because we might all be singing the same part or we might be doing something a little off. Um, and and there, there's times I've, I've seen this like go very badly where we're just not um, conscientious about where we are. And uh, I was in a, I was telling them in the green room this morning, I won't say the location, but I was at a place one time where all the time the band got up and started playing in what was supposed to be a subdued, quiet moment, and it was so loud that you couldn't hear yourself think hardly, and the, the lead singer was really off like in, in, in what he was singing, and then Alder Time, like, they kind of squelched Alder Time and ended it, like everybody left because it was so loud nobody could play anymore, and then the person doing announcements was coming up and trying to give everybody instructions for what was happening afterwards, and the band wouldn't stop playing, and the guy had his eyes shut. Desperate, ah, you know, and he's just like singing out this song, and the guy is literally shouting announcements over the band, like "If you go," you know, and you just couldn't hear him. Perfect example of why we need to be paying attention. It's not just for the song itself. It's just a matter of like paying attention to where we are and who is there with us and how we can you know best serve each other with the song. So those kind of dynamics they just they only come by listening, by practicing, by you know just trying to, to feel you know most guitarists and I'll just speak for me because I'm a guitarist. It's just never loud enough for us, you know. <laughs> and at some point I have to go. Okay, I just need to set it at a certain place and say I'm not going to go beyond this for the, for the sake of being a servant to the other musicians um, I want to I be heard and I need to hear but at the same time I need to hear them and they need to be heard as well so those dynamic issues sometimes 
can be difficult, but sometimes you just have to have conversations with them about, you know, maybe you're a little loud on this part. Can you be softer here? Um, all right, going to move on from that. Creating an atmosphere of worship. Um, and then maybe maybe we can kind of work in styles with this as well. Um, let me, if you don't mind, I'm going to grab a guitar real quick. Even if you do mind, I'm going to grab a guitar. That's all right. You don't have to have a pick. It wasn't required to bring a pick with you to this session. Um, when we're talking about creating a certain atmosphere in worship, this is partially... Oh, here he comes with a pick. All right. Thank you. I know I have one somewhere, but I think I literally brought one pick with me today. Um, when we come and we're trying to create a certain atmosphere in worship... A lot of this may seem like common sense, but we need to just first kind of start by asking what is the message that we're trying to bring about in this song? Is this something that is going to, you know, be a, a big song? You want to have a lot of rejoicing? I'll just use the example of what we did this morning with Majestic, you know? Just, just it's a real big song, so you're trying to create, you know, an atmosphere like this. Um, Something I've wondered about through the years is I wonder if even albums that are getting produced, if they're always asking that question, what kind of atmosphere we're wanting to create when we use a song. Years back, when I was just starting youth pastoring, and I haven't youth pastored for a while, but you remember this song that went, um, and, and by the way, the radio recording of this song was, was really a pretty heavy, pretty loud song meant to kind of rock your car, and it's like, in the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness you are near. In the secret, in the quiet hour, I'm waiting only for you, cause I want to know you more. Bam! You know, then the band like really goes loud. But did you realize what you just sang? Like in the midst of the band being really loud and boisterous and everything, you were singing. In the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness, you're near, <laughs> you know? And, the, and it became like this huge radio hit, and everybody in their churches are doing it. And I kept asking, like, but we're not singing what we're saying, you know? Like, wouldn't it be, in the secret, in the quiet place, you know? Like, something more like that. In the stillness, you So that's just one example of, of thinking through your song and what kind of atmosphere you want to create, first of all. Um, it's, it's okay. I mean, you can do that song like that. It's a fun song and everything. But it's just an example of, of the way that as a culture, it, it, from the beginning, from production on, everybody kind of missed the point of what the song was. I almost wonder if the writer of that song, because I don't think the band that made it popular was the, the people that actually wrote it, but I wondered if they kind of went to that song and went, huh, that's an interesting take on a, a quiet prayer song, <laughs> you know, in the midst of it. When we're creating atmosphere and we're, and we're trying to create, like, different atmospheric 
feels in a song. And we're trying to create an atmosphere that, that feels like you're in, in sort of a transcendent place and, and uh, trying to be in a place of worship. There are some different tools that can be helpful. One thing that I've found very helpful, um, and it's not that the music actually brings you into the presence of God or anything. God is here. God is calling us for it. But we can use some certain things that just to our ears kind of create a space that remind you that you're not just out shopping and you hear the song Happy Come On, for instance, you know, which just gives you a good feel. But there's something about coming into a place and even the sound being a little different from where you've just been. Um, there's a website, I think it's shaylenpalmer.com, which is a, a pretty easy and inexpensive way to do some of this. Um, a lot of weeks, because we don't have like uh, a person that can do all the Ableton stuff at our church, we have a little bit smaller band most weeks where I'm at, just depending on if I'm traveling that week. But if I'm at home, um, our band usually consists of me on guitar, either acoustic or electric, sometimes both, not at the same time, um, depending on the song. I don't do like a double neck thing where I'm you know, playing both at the same time. But usually it's a guitar and a bass and a piano and drums, and then we have three or four vocalists. So it's it's a fairly, fairly subdued set, you know? So what I'll do sometimes is I'll grab out my phone, and I've gone to this great website, shaylenpalmer.com, where they provide um, some things called pad loops. And what I do is I will, um, I downloaded these songs, or else I'll stream them online if you have a, an internet connection in your sanctuary. You can take something like your phone or an iPad or any device that plays MP3s, and you can actually um, play these pads. Let, let, let me try to, to bring this up if I can connect real quick. I have to hold my phone away from my recorder, otherwise it messes it up. But these are just pad loops. I think it costs maybe $20 to get these, and then you can use them forever. And they're really great for kind of creating an atmosphere in your service. I should have had this already up already. I apologize, everyone. Um, uh, well, it's the guy's name, actually. S-H-A-L-O-N, Shalen Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R. He's got a lot of great, like, instructional videos and things that are good to use. Here it is. Um, and so I'll just take a song like this, I'll probably have to hold up to the mic for you to hear it. Key of A. He has one's like an A, one's an A minor. You hear that okay? Uh, each track will last for like 15 minutes. So it'll just be something like this playing. So maybe you don't have somebody talented like, like Ben in your church that has all the resources to use, you know, Ableton or something like that. But you could just say, you know what, just real simply, let's designate a channel on the soundboard. And I'm going to plug my phone in, or I'll plug in some sort of digital device. We could even use the computer in, in the sound booth, you know, in the church. Just say, hey, just play those pads in A, if you would, you know. What, what I've done is actually I bought a Bluetooth uh, receiver where I can uh, just uh, turn on Bluetooth mode. And wirelessly, I stick this in my pocket, and it's playing over the church sound system because I have that Bluetooth line plugged in, so I'm not even, like, wired up to anything. Um, and it's just been so helpful on certain prayer times when I don't want to just play guitar or I don't want just piano or something. Or even if I'm playing, uh, Chris, could you help me real quick? 
Could you just hold this up to the mic? I think the, there, that's about center. So I'm in the key of A right now. And so maybe I'll just start on a Sunday at a prayer time or something, just kind of. And the nice thing about it, the way they've set up these loops, I mean, you can change chords and it's not disruptive. I mean, it's just sort of a pad, like somebody would play in the background. It's things like volume swells on an electric guitar that, you know, I was doing some of those this morning and you're just kind of filling in background stuff that maybe some of the smaller rooms don't have. And you just might start, you know, whatever your song is of the day. I'm trying to think of a song in a, well, the one we did this morning, Lord, I need you. We can do it, you know. Lord, I Sunday, it still kind of kind of makes a nice atmosphere, you know, when you're going through. Without you, I'd fall apart. You're the one guides my heart. So, just as an example, well, thank you. Um, that's just an example of, of, of something you can do musically to like create some atmosphere in the room. Um, that, I found that to be such a helpful tool over the years just to have something like that in place. And there'll be times before service if I don't want to, depending on the atmosphere of the day, sometimes you can just grab a song that's real heavy, high energy, play that in the background, or your band can play it. But sometimes you might just want to set up you know, a, a proper feel. Maybe it's a week and you just want your band to have the day off, you're receiving communion or something, and you just decide, you know what, let's all, let's all just go do this. Let's play some pads and just, just let them go. So just a suggestion, um, there's a lot of different ways. If you have a keyboard and, and you use something uh, like what Ben was using this morning, there's a lot of different really good like software out there to do Ableton Live. Um, what, what are some of the other ones? That, is Ableton the primary one that you use? Or? Omnisphere, Reason, different ones. There's several things. And, and Ben, by the way, I'm sure would be very accessible to you if you had any questions about wanting to incorporate some of those things. But in a lot of smaller rooms, you just don't, you don't always have opportunity to use all that. And sometimes you do, if you're really good with, with tech stuff, sometimes that can be your band, right? I mean, at the time it's like, oh, wow, we can have the full thing and we don't even need anybody else <laughs> right now to use it. Um, but creating atmosphere, it's a lot just praying about where you want the service to go, what your theme is, and what try a, kind of theme you're trying to build to. Are you wanting a prayerful moment right now? Maybe something like pad loops are a good way to do that. Um, so I don't know. Any, any questions about atmospherics and things? I feel like I'm just going to keep repeating myself if I don't stop. And we can move on to, to style. And we have till 20 after, 25 after. Okay, <laughs> sure, either way. Um, okay, let's talk about um, styles and different ways of playing, okay? Styles are a big thing. I'm just curious in this room, um, who would say your church is a little more traditional in style as far as you've, you've probably driven a lot more by hymns and or like Southern Gospel type stuff? Anybody in here that feels like your church is more on that end of things? 
Okay, nobody. Who's more on the other end, a little closer to what we did this morning, where it's kind of full band and stuff? Just by raising hand, just so I kind of looks like almost everybody, pretty much everybody in here. Cool, good. Um, well, that'd be easy. You're all going to do this one stop. No, I'm kidding. Um, I find that that for me, it, it, part of this is because I'm a songwriter and I get antsy to, to do things in the way I've been created to be. Um, but I don't always just want to do something the way that somebody else has done it. And I find, like, I do it better if I can discover how to do it in the way I do it than if I just try to mimic everything that somebody else has done. Um, Chris Tomlin has an amazing vocal range. But just because he sings up here in service doesn't mean that I have to keep it in that key and, and like, stay up that high and sing it. And your congregation especially doesn't need to sing up there. Um, he wants people to sing out in auditorium and stadium and it fits his voice perfectly, but not everybody is Chris Tomlin and they can't do that. So it's okay, first of all, stylistically, you can, you can just drop keys a little bit. It's okay. You don't have to be like an outstanding range. But let's take a song like, like a hymn, for instance. I've been thinking a lot about the song, um, Come Thou Found and Your Blessing. And so I want to use that just, just before I get into the song itself and talk about some stylistic things and ways we can do arranging um, of songs. Um, years back, do any of you remember, and this has been some time ago, I think I was in college. Do you remember, well, first of all, how many of you know the name Pat Boone? Okay, most people at least heard of Pat Boone. Uh, famous singer, actor, he's, he's getting up there in years now. But it was like, Man, 10 years ago, possibly? Maybe a little more than that. Pat Boone did a metal album. Anybody remember this? It, it, didn't, it didn't go over well, let's put it that way. And he showed up on one of the music shows, like the Grammys or something, and he was like wearing leather, and, and he had like the, the leather strap with spikes on his, on his wrist and everything, and sunglasses. And I'm not sure anybody knew is he joking, or is this like, is he being serious? Because he did a full album of like Inner Sandman by Metallica, and like it was, it was all this like really heavy metal stuff, and and you got Pat Boone who was you know back in the the fifties singing, oh Rudy, oh Rudy, and it just was everybody's going, that's not Pat Boone. Why is he even trying that? Well, I kind of liken that to the way we do music leading in our churches sometimes. It's, it's a really hard thing because we get inspired, we get encouraged, we get challenged, we get convicted by a certain song and the way that it's played and the way an artist has done that, or maybe the way another church has done it. And then when we try it, it just, it just doesn't fit because just stylistically, like, it doesn't work for me that way. Like, I just can't play it right. And we've, we've got a lot of players who are, um, and sometimes it's, they're speaking a different language musically. Sometimes it's generationally. Um, their understanding of music is very different on one level and another. And by the way, that doesn't mean anybody's right or wrong or one style is bad and another style is good. It's just people speak the language a little differently in some ways. So take a song, for instance, like Come Thou Found of Every Blessing. And how, I'm trying to think real quick how the just the regular hymn mode is going to be. And become the fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy praise. Strings of mercy ever ceasing, all for songs of loudest praise. 
So pretty much standard, if you've grown up in a church that's just been sort of a piano organ-driven church, you're probably going to sing it that way, right? You're, you're used to that. That's pretty much how it's written in the hymnal, I think, is if you're going to do it that way. But say you're like me, and you're not stuck to a piano. You like piano, but you don't necessarily do it that way. Um, sometimes we can change the tempo of a song, or we can change the timing of a song, and we can breathe new life in different ways to it. So instead of like just a straight one, two, three, like say on a song like that, um, maybe we could try like a six, eight or something this week instead of a 3-4. And that goes back to the note flight thing. If you have a, a software like note flight, you can write it out if your musicians need at least a lead sheet. And you can kind of, instead of like that straight one, two, three, just kind of like, well, what would it be like if we had if we had six, eight, and kind of a one, two, three, four, five, six. And already it's not, it, it doesn't feel so like, confined into a meter that's like da, 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 which was a very popular style at the time, but now you're going to find a little more comfort and ease maybe. Probably you as a player, as a musician, you're probably going to feel a little more at home and something like that. It's a little more familiar to how we are used to hearing songs on the radio. And you just kind of, you can even use very similar chords, but I find like Cut out some of the chords. You don't you don't need as many, so simplify. I always want to encourage people to simplify as much as they can when they come to a hymn, when, especially when you're adding a lot of musicians. So now you've got come down fountain, every blessing to my heart. You sing thy grace, streams of mercy never ceasing. So. All I've done, I've not really changed it that drastically. I've just taken it and just messed with the timing a little bit, you know? And, and instead of having that constant, where you're like constantly moving chords through the whole song, you know, give me some melody, some a little bit, sort of a give me some melodious sound sung by flaming tongues above praise his name I'm fixed upon him name of God's redeeming love but you're not changing the heart of the song you're still doing the same melody you're still doing the same chorus and different things um Sometimes you can write your own choruses to it. I, I think that's a very popular thing. I would say use it, it sparingly. Um, there's an example like this morning, the song we did, which is going to be on my new album. Um, it's a, the, the new CD, by the way, if you're wondering, I, I'd love for you guys to all get a copy. Um, it's called Hymns, Prayers, and Invitations. And it's all songs that are either hymns or they're songs written through things like the Book of Common Prayer or there's things like invitations, ways to come to the table, things like that. And one is what we did this morning, which was kind of a rocking tune, and it is on the album too, but it's Oh, uh, oh God, Our Help in Ages Past. Um, that's just an example of changing just a little bit stylistically. It's the same song, it's the same uh, melody, and maybe you add a chorus in. It's, it's, again, just very simple. It's not changing drastically from the song. Um, but the original version of Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past, for instance, if you have somebody at a piano or an organ, it'll be like, Oh God, our help in ages past. 
and but again, there's not a lot of breathing room in that when you're just playing it straight from the hymn. So the only thing I tried to do, and it is it is still a little bit in that way where you're not taking a lot of breaths, but I think it frees it up a little more. You put a little bit more of a modern spin, kind of a one, two, three, four. Oh God, I Just to give some context on things. 
Um, so let me look at my notes, make sure I'm getting everything that I kind of wanted to cover here. Let's do sort of some interaction here, and, and if I can be of any assistance, I, I don't pretend I have all the answers to every setting. I've been doing um, music on the road and in my church for about 15 years now in Springfield, and um, I play in a lot of different places. I play with a lot of different musicians, and I play in a lot of different styles, so um, if I can be a resource, that's not to say I know everything. I certainly don't know everything, but if I can, if there's any questions or... Is, is there another song that like maybe we could look at together that you guys have maybe thought, man, I'd love to try that in a, a context where I'm just not sure our church could get it the way it is. Any thoughts on how we could do that one? Or, yeah. I don't know. Any, any thoughts? Or are we just hungry and want to go eat and if you want to share? I'd love to. Yeah. Okay. Yes, we do have a, a separate practice over there. How did you either divide your time or Well, it kind of depends on the song, Fred. Your your question was just so it gets on the recording and everybody can hear it together. Your question was, um, how do we break up our time basically between the instrumentalist and the vocalist, and how do we get everybody on the same page together? We do it um, in all together at the same time, and I kind of listen to what's lacking and, and where we need help at, and then we'll kind of stop. Sometimes then, in the midst of the practice, we'll just take time, and I'll say, hey, everybody except me, I, I just want to play on guitar, or I'll ask our piano player, hey, can just you and nobody else except us vocalists play on this? Um, and that just works pretty well for us. I don't know that there's one way that's better than another. If we have a real tough vocal session, when we're done, I might release the, the band and say, okay, you guys are done. We're going to stay and, and work around the piano or with the guitar a little bit longer. And, you know, the, the funny thing about vocalists, like, we don't, we don't really read a lot of music in our church. If, if anything, I'll give a lead sheet. I'm trying to get where we just use numbers, um, but it's slow going, uh, but you just kind of teach that as you go along. But I I find that it, it's often helpful to kind of get away from the page a little bit too with our vocalists and just kind of help with like listening, like kind of listen to the album and hear what they're doing because when they recorded that, they weren't looking at a page most likely. But a lot of times they're just trying to figure out harmonies and, and what sounds right in our ears. It's kind of what we were doing this morning. Um, we None of us had played together, actually. We came together at what time? 7.45? We started practicing this morning, and we were done with practice in about 20 minutes. So it was we didn't have a lot of time, but that just comes from some experience of listening and trying, like, we weren't kind of tied to the page. We were just trying to listen together and, and hear the parts. So I hope we sound okay. I, didn't, I couldn't, you know, and Chris and I really don't know we were on the platform, so hopefully it sounded all right. But, um, you know, if it was me and if I had my preference, we would have met, you know, yesterday for an hour and a half or something. <laughs> kind of hit all the parts and how we want to end the song. By the way, speaking of arranging a song, Know how you want to start the song and how you want to end the song, by the way, because otherwise 
there's these really awkward endings that just kind of go on forever, and sometimes you don't know how to start a song either. Is your drummer going to count this off, or are we all coming in together? Is there only one of us coming in at the beginning, or however? I, I forgot to mention that with the arranging part, but yeah, we just kind of do it. I, right, right. It could go on forever and ever and ever. I could sing in your love, And the other part that always makes me chuckle a little bit is there's that line that we never do. Oh, I feel like dancing and it's foolishness, I know. It's something about when the world sees Jesus, they'll be dancing here like we're dancing now. And no matter what denomination I've been in, when we sing that song, there's never been one person dancing on that part. And I, I always think it's funny. So, so what you're saying is we won't be dancing then, like we're not dancing now, right? So anyway... Um, yeah, so we kind of know your song endings and stuff. But yeah, we just kind of do it on the spot and whatever we feel like we need at the time. Um, now, my, my session this afternoon, which is what I'm really excited about, actually. I'm, I'm, I was excited about this one, but we're going to actually be talking about um, the spirituality and the discipline of actually making your practice space um, a, a vital like worship time itself and a devotional time where you're people on your team are coming not just to get the technical side, but we're actually learning to rehearse worship, so to speak, and we're actually um, practicing that. So if you come back for that one this afternoon, that's, we'll get a little bit into that too, but that's what kind of really excites me sometimes even more than just the technical music side of things is I love it when we, when we all start together getting it and understanding what we're singing and understanding why we're playing and why we're going a certain way. Any other thoughts or questions? I think we got just like a couple minutes left, and then we get to eat. Yes. Yeah. One question: We have, you know, basically the full praise band, but we have about we usually put about five people up there, mm -hmm. supposedly along with the leader. Sure. And is it, it seems like when I when you guys were going, there was always one guy that was much brighter than the rest. Mm -hmm. Is how, is that the way to go? I mean, because it, is it I think at times, yeah, what I kind of encourage my team to do, and this is almost universal to every song. It's not every song, but I will say to them, don't ever, like, stop singing. Now, the exception being if you have people who are also instrumentalists. This morning, I, at certain parts, I was just playing, and I kind of wanted to focus on that, so I stepped away to do it. But if you're a vocalist and your job is to be there with a mic in your hand, um, I will tell them, even if, if we don't want them to be heard, keep singing, just pull your microphone away on certain verses. Almost universally, this happens for me, and this is not necessarily the right way, it's just it works for me. Um, I will either do, or whoever I have leading the first song, the first verse is almost always just whoever the leader is uh, singing into it. And this is partly adding dynamics like we've added. So while I want them to sing, I don't necessarily want them to sing on mic. So like, just maybe put your mic down, raise your hand, sing, you know, however God's leading you at that moment. But then we get to the second verse. Um, by the way, the first verse also sometimes might just be singing unison if I do have people singing with me because I want the congregation to really get a feel for the song and really understand what just the main melody part is. And then the second verse is a good place to start bringing in other vocalists, or if it's a song that just goes verse into chorus, sometimes that first chorus is a good place to add a couple more vocals in, and then by the time we get to the third verse, 
you're kind of you're kind of sailing a little more like you're wanting to be, and then the other chorus maybe get a little more a little more big, you know, add some more dynamics to it. Um, it just kind of depends from song to song when you map it out. But almost universally, I'll do like first verse by myself, second verse, add a couple harmonies in, chorus, everybody in, and then kind of pull it back a little bit, maybe on the second verse, just one harmony part, everybody else is doing melody, and then build it in. Um, Again, it's not that we're trying to be showy. It's just I think it adds a little more excitement to the song when you're when you're throwing things in bigger layers. A good example of that instrumentally, if you're thinking that way, like the, the oh God our help and ages past. When we start the song, it's like, but by the time we get to the chorus, you want everything you got. So it's, you know, and everybody's just real big. It's kind of like that vocally. You're just wanting to add excitement to the song a little bit on some of it or add a different feel. And it's just not as special if everybody's doing the same thing at the same time the entire song. Um, it's sort of like my argument for against New Age religion when people are, oh, God is everything and God is in everything. And thought, well, I get that, but if everything is God, then nothing is special. <laughs> like. If everything is God, then it's all God, and there's nothing unique or divine about it. But if God is something unique and special in itself, then that makes all of us doing ordinary things, you know, seem a little more special than we love, you know, and things like that. So if you want to think of it in terms musically like that, I just think it makes the song a little more special. It makes it feel a little bigger. And so maybe just encourage your singer to kind of, I want you to sing, but can you maybe just pull your mic away until this part? And it's been really good for me to explain that to our teams and just say, you know, this isn't about one person shining over another. It really is. We just want to be servants to the song that we're singing, and we want to serve our congregation. How can we best get this message across? So, yeah, hopefully that was a, an answer. Any, anything else before we go? I think it's. I think we have two minutes till we start serving lunch. So.
Hope you do too. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience. So if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback. You can give me suggestions for future shows. You can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.